values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, here's a quick reminder. The Innings Festival is back. The two-day music festival featuring Green Day, Eddie Vedder, Weezer, The Offspring, and so much more returns to Tempe Beach Park February 25th and 26th. Go over to the contest page at KTAR.com for complete details and your chance to win tickets. All right, so let's talk very quickly. Let's talk about uh, education. Um, I spent a lot of time um, dealing with this topic, and I had a great conversation today with uh, with with Chad Wilson. He is the superintendent of EVIT, the East Valley Institute of Technology. It is a CTED, another acronym, a Career Technical Education District. So they are a hub that serves schools all over the East Valley, from Cave Creek to Scottsdale to Apache Junction, Queen Creek, and otherwise in the far in the East Valley. That it's high school students where they can go and get a skill, a trade, and it's not just it is all of the classic trades that you would imagine but it is also so much more they have a culinary school which is outstanding they have um so much other so many other things to offer cosmetology program and emt program imagine if you've got a a child that is um in high school and they're not necessarily going to go to college they want to work they're interested in something imagine them going for their last two years of high school to their campus for part of the day and then over to evit and at the end of the school year when they graduate they turn 18 they graduate from high school they complete their time at evit they go and take their test and they're in EMT. They're working in a hospital. They're working on an ambulance. They're 18 years old. How far ahead they are in their career. So it's something I'm an advocate for. But I want you to hear something. So last week, I read the story that said that there were zero students that were proficient in math in 23 Baltimore schools. And people were shocked. How about this one? In 55 Chicago public schools, 55 Chicago public schools, not one student met grade level expectations in either math or reading during the 2021 or 2022 school year. Of the 649 Chicago public schools, 22 schools have zero students who met grade level expectations for reading, while no students were proficient in math in 33 other schools during that time. 55 schools. It is remarkable that no students in those schools. So explain someone explain to me in other, any other industry. Any other industry except government-run education where the, the entire leadership team wouldn't be fired. I, I uh, Somebody sent this to me because I know I'm a Cardinals fan and it's a, a stark reality for sports and sports fans here in the Valley. I posted it on social media and it's gotten a lot of traction from people because when you see it in front of you, it's a startling statistic. And that is that the Kansas City Chiefs have won two games in State Farm Stadium last season and the Cardinals only won one game in their own stadium. The Chiefs won more games in our stadium than we did. It shows you the um, how bad the Cardinals season was. They fired the head coach. The GM didn't come back. And it, it, it's disappointing. It is political. But when you look at what our, our goals are and what we are charged with, we are charged with 
making sure our children have opportunity. So we can talk about laws we pass and we can talk about taxes and we can talk about all of that. If they can't read, if they can't perform basic basic math skills, they're not prepared for anything. So Dr. Wilson, Chad Wilson joined me from EVIT and I talked to him about results and what their results are and their performance level. Listen to this. I think one of the things that we're most proud of is our outcomes. Uh, when you look at the success students have in CTEDs, not just at EBIT, but across the state of Arizona, they're far more likely to graduate from high school, far more likely to have post-secondary success, whether that's matriculating into college and a university or going straight to the workforce. About two-thirds of the kids in the graduating class, and I've spoken to two other graduates, and when I say graduating, it's like a promotion or a completion ceremony. They graduate from high school, they complete their time at EVIT. So at their completion ceremony, uh, about two-thirds of the kids, when asked, are you stand up if you're going to college, uh, about two-thirds of the graduating class or, or completing class stood up. One of those kids was on her way to a full-ride scholarship at Harvard. And then of that group, the two-thirds, a big chunk of the other group are, are students that are leaving and going right into the workforce. And then there was another group that was going into the military. And they're going to take the skill set they learned as a way to gain rank and going into the military with a skill set that the military needs. So I talked to him about their graduation statistics. I just talked about 55 schools in the Chicago area that cannot read or perform math skills at grade level. Listen to this. In fact, at EBIT, we have 98% of our students who actually graduate from high school. And if that statistic is, if you know what the graduation rate is across the state, that's a pretty impressive statistic. Um, of that 98%, uh, we have 66% that pursue post-secondary learning opportunities. And the interesting thing about that 66% is that 50% of those students are actually working in the field that they earn their industry certification while they're going to college. And so we're so happy that there's so many on-ramps and off-ramps that CTE can provide students, whether it's straight into the workforce, which our, our state desperately needs or whether it's an opportunity to give them income that's a real income as they pursue a post-secondary degree. Um, Dr. Wilson also was talking about now the CTEDs in Arizona, specifically EVIT, are going to be able to offer a two-year degree. So when that when that young person leaves high school, graduates from high school, and they go to the go to, into the workforce, if they want to continue their education and get an associate's degree in their field of expertise, whatever that is, they're going to be making that available over at EVIT. And another program that they're breaking out that I think is phenomenal is that you know that free college is afforded to foster kids. I think most people know that, that if you're a foster child, that you can go to college in Arizona. But a lot of the kids are not necessarily prepared for college. And if you think about the challenges that a foster child being bounced around and maybe not having a a solid home for the entire time they're a school age, um, maybe college is not where they go and they have a high rate of, of not making it through college. But if they are offered an opportunity during their high school years at a place like EVIT to choose and work a skill set, they would. the guess would be watching how successful the CTEDs have been in other areas with this high graduation rate and high success rate, that they would increase the rate of foster kids that when they become adults, go into the working world with a skill set and a, and a possibility of, of having a really good career. Um, I just look at these options because when you see the other side, 
side of it. I am someone that's in favor of funding to whatever level funding is needed to give kids an excellent education. But funding is not the only problem. We keep hearing about funding. It isn't a funding issue. They spend so much money in the Chicago school system per student, a lot more than you see. Go look. Compare Chicago to Arizona. Compare Baltimore to Arizona. It is not just a funding issue. And you've got 55 schools where this is happening. Teachers want to teach the subject matter that they are professionals in. This is what they want to do. We have got to get back. We have got to strip off all of the distractions, whether you think that they are valuable or not valuable. You've got to strip them away, focus on the basics, and make sure we're preparing them for what's next. That's just my two cents. Coming up in a moment, we get you caught up on the biggest news stories of the day with a segment we do every day called Did You Hear This? Hang around. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, it's time for the biggest news stories of the day. Did you hear this? Did you hear this? Broomhead's reaction to the hottest news stories. Former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley made it official this morning. And so I have an announcement to make. For a strong America, for a proud America, I am running for President of the United States of America. How many Republicans would throw their hats into the 2024 race? Wow, I can, I'm going to guess right now off the top of my head, I'm going to guess at least five that I suspect will jump into the race, including the two that are already in. So I expect at least three more. It's probably going to be a much bigger field than that, but I can think of at least five total. White House Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre addressed the elephant in the room with the unidentified flying objects taken down recently. There is no, again, no indication of aliens or extraterrestrial activity with these recent takedowns. Wanted to make sure that the American people knew that, all of you knew that, uh, and it was important for us to say that from here because we've been hearing a lot about it. Are you disappointed by the lack of aliens entering our universe? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not, but um, I will tell you that I think it's hilarious because why would they use a balloon? I, no one, I don't think there was, I think they were, weren't coming here in balloons. Um, the issue here, I think, and I understand a lighthearted moment, but the issue for the American people here is why did this balloon, if we tracked it from where it took off, we knew they were either up to something or it needed to be surveilled. Why did we wait so long to do something about it? I think in the end, that's what the question is. You are listening to Did You Hear This? We do it every day at 1120 to catch you up on the headlines. The superintendent of the East Valley Institute of Technology, Dr. Chad Wilson, explains how their curriculum helps to set students up for success. The outcome that matters most is the, in is the industry credential. That's the currency students need in order to take that next step. And so we constantly are having conversations internally about how, how we can have our students persist in the programs and ultimately earn that industry certification. Is there a way for regular high schools to incorporate something similar to EVIT for students? I don't know. There are a lot of high schools that are trying to do it. They offer some of the classes as well. The tough thing is, is you've got to have somebody that knows the industry that is also certified as a teacher. They've got to have, go through a rigorous process in order to get the credential. I'm not trying to denigate, denigrate the school districts. I'm saying that at EVIT, they have got a program that works. And so the problem is getting students from the campus that they are all day to EVIT's campus. That is a challenge, although they're 
doing a good job of working with it. Um, if the districts are providing more than shop class, and I'm not trying to be insulting, but this isn't about dabbling in something. It's about the same set of skills you would get at any other school so that when you leave there, you're certified. Like I said, if you have a kid that is going into these classes in their junior year and they want to become an EMT or an emergency medical technician, by the time they leave high school, when they graduate, 18 years old, they are ready to take the test to be an emergency medical technician. If schools can pull that off, that would be fantastic. If not, EVIT or Westmac or the other CTEDs are the place to go. The Arizona Cardinals have hired Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon to become their next head coach. Arizona sports Dan Bickley shared his thoughts on the hire. For what he lacks in experience and, and what he lacks in on his resume is he's got the it factor. He's got the personality, the leadership gene that Cliff Kingsbury was so sorely missing. And if he's got that, then then I believe this can work. Do you have concerns? I do have concerns, but I like what Bickley had to say about this. If you look at the difference that the Detroit Lions have made this year with a coaching change, look at the New York Giants and what they've been able to do. You see how a coaching change, a leadership change, and an attitude change goes a long way with professional athletes. That they are the most skilled people in their trade in the entire world. That's why they're NFL players. When you have a leadership that gets the best out of them, has the expectation of excellence, and leads by example. And by all accounts, that's what this guy does. His lack of experience is a concern. Who he hires as an offensive coordinator is a concern. But I want to give him the benefit of the doubt, and I hope they make it a big turnaround. Great job, Julia, as always. And guess what, everyone? Julia's birthday. Happy birthday, Julia. Thank you so much. That's cool. I'm very happy for you. Did you, did your boyfriend do something nice for you? Yesterday or today? Either. Well, I haven't seen him yet because I wake up so early, but okay. we're going out to dinner today. It'll be perfect. Nice. Well, good for you. And I hope your family treated you well. And But happy birthday. Thank good you for so you. Much. Thanks, And man. you're still in your, but now you're officially in your mid 20s. I am 24. Yeah, you're mid 20s. I know. <sighs> it's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's really weird. It's, it's, I'm, look, I'm looking around and I'm thinking, you know, I'm pretty sure I'm wearing clothes that are older than you. Oh, but, boy. Uh, it's, but good for you. Congratulations. Happy birthday to Julia, the producer of the show. Um, and uh, what we're going to do coming up in a few moments is we're going to go back to talking about our economy. There's a few things that you, we have to discuss when we can mingle them together. We can, but the economy and how we move things forward, specifically in Arizona, that's the next topic. Stick around. Values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. Appreciate you spending some time with us here on the show. Uh, we're talking about the economy. Let's let's bear, let's uh, narrow this down to Arizona. There are a couple of things that are good and bad. Number one, um, our inflation is very high. For a little, for a while, we were the highest inflation rate in the country, and it had to do with housing prices, high demand, low supply. We are way behind the curve in building enough homes to satisfy the need in Arizona. Um, we are a destination. We are going to remain a destination after the WM Phoenix Open, after the Super Bowl and the exposure there. We're going to see a spike in people that want to come here from other places. With the value of real estate in California being much higher than it is in Arizona, people from California can sell homes and come here, pay cash. It's a different world. So there's a couple of challenges in that. So we had very high inflation. We also know that rents are very high because if you don't 
have homes for purchase, more people are renting for longer. Uh, that Those are some of the challenges. But if you look at how well positioned we are to have jobs available. But here's the issue that I think we have really got to focus on. Are we producing are we producing people that are qualified to do those jobs? Do we have people that are um educated in in STEM, in the basics of education, that can go on and work in the chip industry? Or are we going to be importing those people either from within our borders or from around the world? Are we, are we training up our young people to take advantage of the job market we have? It's an interesting mix of some of the things I talked about this morning. I talked with Dr. Chad Wilson from EVIT, um, the East Valley Institute of Technology. And all of this stuff for me all works together. And we all want the same thing, maybe just from a different approach. But in the end, we want the same thing. And as someone who has been an employee, and thank God I had a skill set to learn, didn't know anything. I walked on a job site. I didn't know anything. I walked into a radio studio for the very first time, and um, I didn't know anything. Um, the person that runs, we call them a board op, but the person that pushes all the buttons and makes sure that the commercials play and everything plays in the right order um, was telling me when my breaks were during the first hour of my first show, and I didn't even know what he was talking about. He had to run the show for me. I knew nothing, but I had the ability to learn. Everything you do as an electrician when it comes to your mind and the headwork of the job, it's all algebraic or all geometry when it comes to the math that you do. If I didn't know the basics of that, I would have been lost. If I didn't have the basics in math, you've got to be able to read well. You have contracts you have to read. You have what's called a spec book, which tells you what the specifications are for all of the materials on the job that are yours, from the lighting fixtures that you have to use to the panels and the electrical equipment and the, everything else you have to use is written out in a spec book in technical terms. If you can't read, you can't do that work. So I was fortunate enough to be at a time when construction was booming, but I also had a skill set that once I flipped the switch and decided I was going to be a grown-up, I was able to take that skill set and turn it into a career. When when I had the ability to, to, to transition into this career, I'm a good reader. Um, I'm able to convey a thought. I, all of the skills that were given to me as a young person, I had to lean on until I learned this industry as well. And are we preparing our children for that? Because it's all going to go on our shoulders too. I mean, you do understand that if we have an uneducated bunch of kids around us, when they become uneducated adults, we will continue to care for them instead of them caring for us. So it all works together. The fact that we have done a great job in Arizona of diversifying this economy where industry and multiple industries and manufacturing and other uh, things have come to this state is very good. And we are in a much better position now than ever before. But if you think about that education level as well, the needs we have. Housing is going to be such a big issue. We have water issues. I'm so thankful for the wet winter we're having, the runoff. Uh, hopefully, Colorado's getting hammered as well, that we, maybe we can get a pause in what we're seeing and in, in how dire it's been with the drought in the, in the southwest. Let's hope that there's some good news at the end of this winter season as the thaw comes in the spring, that we start to see the Colorado River rise again. We start to see our reservoirs go up a little bit, and we have a little bit of a reprieve while we figure out what to do with water. 
water. But who's going to build the homes? Who's going to build our commercial buildings? Who is going to work in this chip industry? Who's going to work in these high-tech jobs that Arizona is making available? It's great to hear that we're going to need a couple of hundred thousand people in construction in the next couple of years in Arizona. That's amazing. That's how good our economy is because it keeps wages up. Who's going to take those jobs? Who's qualified? I mentioned earlier that in Chicago, there are 55 high schools in Chicago where not one student is proficient in reading or math. I want you to think about that. We can get political, and I always do. We get political about that, about the political parties and teachers unions, or we can look at this and say we're doomed. If that happens in Arizona, we're doomed. What's it going to take to prevent that from happening? The economy is more than just jobs. The economy is more than just taxes. The economy is a workforce. I came from that workforce. I've been a business owner, but I've been an employee a lot longer than I was a business owner. I understand having as a business owner or someone in management, I understand having a qualified workforce matters. Working where I work now, I work with people that are immensely qualified at what they do. The journalists that work in our news department are a great resource for this show, a great resource for this state of Arizona. And many of them are graduates of the Cronkite School. They came from an elite school with an elite education, and it shows in their professionalism. My producer, Julia, is a graduate of Cronkite. She majored in sports journalism. She is amazingly talented at her job. But she took the talent that she has, and she has an education to go with it. Without those qualified people around here, it's a different atmosphere. And it doesn't matter if it's in broadcasting or if it's in my trade. If I, you know, if I can be, and I was a good electrician, but as a business owner, you have to rely on people that work for you. If I didn't have a qualified workforce in the field, it didn't matter how I bid a job. It didn't matter how I planned out a job. It didn't matter what my reputation personally was. What mattered was I had a bunch of people in the field that couldn't find their butts with both hands and they weren't doing a good job and so this thing about this economy i want to see us climb out of this recession i want to see more affordable things for people i want people making wages where they feel good about their life and they're moving forward and they feel like they're moving up and they feel like they're planning for their future and they can care for their children but if we don't get a grip and if you look at how we are um i'll i'll add one more topic to this When you look at how we are dealing with the dreamers, and I will tell you, that is the biggest immigration mistake. It is the most glaring mistake that this country has ever made when it comes to immigration. You've got young children brought to this country that by the permission of the American government and the American people, educated in our schools, their schools, by all accounts, they were raised as Americans – They get to adulthood. They don't have an American birth certificate. We're not sending them back to their country of origin. And that's just dumb to think we're going to. And yet here we are all these years later. We're still fighting about what to do with the dreamers. It's an indication of a broken system. So not only have we not done what's right by the dreamers. And and when I say that, what's also right for America, we have to do what's right. What we've done with a broken immigration system that's worse than it's ever been is we're creating the next generation of this same problem, which means you and I have been fighting about this since the Obama. Obama administration when the DREAM Act happened. How many years ago was that? Well, now your children and your grandchildren will be the people that have to solve the problem for the created problems created created right now. 
So this is an indicator that if you don't get a handle on it, if we don't fix the education system in this country, starting with Arizona, if we don't fix our education system, we are going to pay a heavy price in 15 or 20 years. When you and I are sitting on the front porch hoping we can retire, we are going to have an uneducated workforce that we will still be taking care of. That's what scares me. That's what scares me. One of the things I want to do before uh, we we close it out is talk about um, immigration, but from a different point of view. A new study says that Americans are souring on the idea of immigration. I hope that never happens, but that's what they're saying. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. We talked about immigration earlier in this study of the Washington Post printed out, uh, talking about how the Americans' uh, popularity in immigration has waned with some of the American people for a number of reasons. The Chicago Council on Global Affairs poll from June of 16 showed 39% wanted immigration decreased, while 18% wanted it increased. And now a new poll since 2022 election shows that it's flipped. An ABC News Ipsos poll in October showed decreased leading increased, talking about levels of of immigration uh, and a, a newer Fox News poll show that 49% want legal immigration decreased while 43% want it increased. So we have 49% of people want legal immigration decreased. I want to start there because I have been preparing for this because when people we, we call everybody a migrant out of respect for people that are in the country illegally without me giving them that scarlet letter of illegal immigrant and um but what we have done is we have we have kind of diluted the stature of people that have done it the right way. That's just my feeling on it. I don't want to hurt. I don't label people to to hurt people's feelings. It's not my goal. It never is. But when someone does things the right way, when someone comes to this country, um, they should. Uh, and they do it the right way, they should be held in the highest esteem. And the highest esteem is they are fellow Americans. But when you start talking about the designation and, and the stories, I, I mentioned this earlier, we all have friends, I think, that are first-generation immigrants. And becoming a citizen for them is an amazing thing. And we have others whose parents brought them here. And then others still that are first-generation Americans. And I know all of the above. And it is a source of pride in their family lineage that my grandparents brought my parents here and now I was born here. Um, we need to have a system that allows for more of that. That's my honest opinion. I think we have to have a better system of immigration that allows good people. They don't have to be wealthy people, good people to come to this country and flourish in the American dream. I believe that to be true. But what what's happening now has got to stop. And when you lump everybody together and you call everyone an immigrant, then what happens is um, when it goes bad like it is now, people are down on immigration as a whole. There is a difference. It's it's just like the people that are here that are asylum seekers and people here that are that are getting asylum. There are well over 50 percent of the asylum seekers to this country. Once they get a hearing are deemed that their their request for asylum is denied, that they have filed a false claim. So we are clogging up the system with a legitimate asylum seekers are waiting an extended period of time to what they're justifiably entitled to because of the people that are coming here with false claims. 
We could fix a lot of this with a guest worker program. We could fix a lot of this by just paying attention to it. And I'll be honest, I've never th- there's never been a bigger display of our government's dysfunction on both sides of the political aisle than on this issue. We all know that border security is terrible. The fentanyl that's coming across our ports of entry because we can't we can't intercept it because we are so consumed with processing people with asylum claims. The fact that in Haiti we now have parents, American parents, that are uh, adopting Haitian children to give them a better life are saying the system is so backed up with this parole program that we're waiting months and months and months when we've done all the legal things and done it the right way. This system is broken. And and everybody knows that that's the case and that border security is not border security. Nobody, not even people on the left side of the aisle, believe the vice president when she said the border is secure. No one believes that's true. And yet we continue to 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 feed into that with our partisan stuff. No Democrat is going to agree with a Republican. No Republican is going to agree with a Democrat. And here we have this stalemate where the Republicans can't work with the Democrats. Democrats can't work with the Republicans, even if they want to, because if they do, their base is going to shred them. Senator Kirsten Cinema left her political party and became an independent, and you, you'd be hard to convince me that part of it wasn't that she was censured by her party because she dared work with the Republicans. She dared say, I don't think ending the filibuster is good for America, so I'm not in favor of it. Her own political party in Arizona censured her, even though she was the first Republic or first Democrat to become a senator in the state of Arizona in decades. It's just it's part of the issue. The electorate has to change. If the electorate doesn't change, the elected never changes. The same people voting for the same people to get the same results. We've got to have some kind of a of of, of a renaissance. We have to have some kind of a revival in American politics. And I hope it's coming. I hope it's coming. We can stand on truth without compromising our political values. At least I believe that to be true. Um, thanks, everybody, for being here today at Broomhead KTAR. Go look at the flyer on my social media pages. We are still looking for young Aaron, 20 years old, um, with Asperger's who left his home on Monday morning very, very early. His family is still looking for him. Go look at the flyer. Let us know if you've seen this young man uh, at Broomhead KTAR or Mike Broomhead on Instagram is where you'll find him. Back tomorrow morning at about 8.15. Have a great day until then, everyone. God bless.